We'll be streaming live soon. Uma voz chama o seu nome Esperanças te criou Na escuridão ele responde Please stand by. We'll be streaming live soon. Você sabe, irmão Silas. Please stand by. We'll be streaming live soon. A morte esteve perto e eu só tenho dor. E quando a Please stand by. We'll be streaming live soon. Please stand by. We'll be streaming live soon. Please stand by. We'll be streaming live soon. Não sei o que será do amanhã. E que o futuro tem Please stand by We'll be streaming live soon Meu Deus Eu louvarei Meu Deus Please stand by We'll be streaming live soon Louvarei Meu Deus Não sei o que será Please stand by. We'll be streaming live soon. Please stand by. We'll be streaming live soon. Please stand by. We'll be streaming live soon. Stand by. We'll be streaming live soon. Prisioneiros acordaram, cheios de alegria. Please stand by. We'll be streaming live soon. Outros deliriam. De repente um terremoto. As portas se abriram. Please stand by. We'll be streaming live soon. Stand by. We'll be streaming live soon. Please stand by. We'll be streaming live soon. Please stand by. We'll be streaming live soon. We'll be streaming live soon. Please stand by. We'll be streaming live soon. Please 
please stand by. We'll be streaming live soon. 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 Uma cela fria e escura, corpo ensanguentado pelas mãos que batem nua. Please stand by. We'll be streaming live soon. Uma voz chama o seu nome. Esperanças te criou. Na escuridão ele responde. Please stand by. We'll be streaming live soon. Você sabe, irmão Silas. Please stand by. We'll be streaming live soon. A morte esteve perto e eu só tenho dor. E quando abri meus olhos, please stand by. We'll be streaming live soon. Vi o rosto de Jesus e aqui estamos juntos carregando a cruz. Please stand by. We'll be streaming live soon. Please stand by. We'll be streaming live soon. Não sei o que será do amanhã e que futuro tem, mas eu louvarei. Please stand by. We'll be streaming live soon. 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 Morning. Glad to see all the friends of.
Rick Bonfin Ministries and the staff, and uh, my name's Andy Hines. Uh, I'm in Athens, Georgia, and I've married my wife 45 years ago, and uh, every year she renews it, and we make it another year. So, uh, Rick asked me to to talk today, and I wanted to to go over a question that had bothered us. We, my wife and I, have been in a church for 25 years. And um, we had a spirit-filled pastor and a wife, and um, as our churches want to do, they moved him and brought in another pastor that didn't believe in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, didn't believe in any of the uh, expressions of the Holy Spirit, and uh, the church attendance started to decline. One of the things that we wanted to do was to, he asked this question, the new pastor, well, what can we do to grow the church? And I began to experiment and, and talk to the Lord about that. And um, one of the questions that the Lord led me to was this, was why was Jesus successful in what he did? And I started thinking about that. And he led me to the book of Mark. And I, he led me on like a two-year study of, of the first three chapters of the book of Mark. And one of the things that came out of this was um, starting in Mark chapter 1, verse 9, and I want to go through these three scriptures with you and explain what the Lord showed us and kind of the, the, the road map that He's put us on. If you, if you look, the first, nine, first eight verses in um, Mark is talking about John the Baptist, John the Baptizer. Uh, and it speaks about him and what he was here to do. But verse 9 uh, is really interesting. It said, It came to pass... In those days that Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And immediately coming up from the water, he saw the heavens parting and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. Then a voice came from heaven and said, You are my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Then verse 12, Immediately the Spirit drove him or compelled him into the wilderness. Now, the first thing you look at this, Jesus is modeling for us what we need to do to be successful. First of all, the baptism, Jesus didn't need to be baptized, but he agreed to do it to fulfill the Scriptures. So, being baptized in water, you're born again, the old man dies, the new man is raised to new life. Second thing that happened in verse uh, 10 uh, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit came down upon Jesus like it looked like a dove. Okay. Then the interesting part is, is verse 11. Then a voice came from heaven and said, You are my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. What does that tell us about Jesus? That tells us one critical thing about Jesus. Does anybody know what it might be? It tells us that He operated in faith. Hebrews chapter 11, uh, verse 1, explains, and I'm sure that you all know that, but let's look at Hebrews 11, 1 real quick. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And verse 6 is very important because it says, Without faith, it's impossible to please Him, for he who comes to God must believe that He is and that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. Now, the interesting thing here is it indicates that Jesus operated by faith because the Lord says He was very pleased with Him. 
So we know one thing about Jesus is that he operated. He didn't know everything that was coming. Like I know uh, I'm going to go home and I know about my house and so. But he operated in faith. Now, with that in mind, let's go to to Luke chapter four. I want you to understand. The Holy Spirit says compelled him or drove him, not because he didn't want to go. It was just the importance. He had to go into the wilderness. Now, for chapter 4, verse 1 in Luke says this, Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. It's very interesting, and if you look at that verse, hold your finger there and then go look at verse 14. After he came out of the wilderness, it says, Then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit, and the news of him went throughout all of Galilee, or went throughout all the region. Now, the, the, the Scriptures are very clear. When they use words, they mean exactly what they say. He doesn't, there, there's no ambiguity in the word. So, going into the wilderness experience, it said he was full of the Holy Spirit. Coming out of the wilderness experience, it said he was full of the power of the Holy Spirit. So one of the questions is what happened in that wilderness that made that change? Okay? Now we all know he fasted for how many days? Forty days. And he faced the he faced Satan. Satan threw everything he had at him and he couldn't get him to fall. But we know that coming out of that experience, and it happened at the end of that time is when, when Satan came after him, the Bible said he was hungry. It doesn't mean like I need a Clark bar or something like that. It means that his body was turning on itself because he, he was out of material. Body's starting to turn on himself. So that's when Satan attacked him, when he was at his absolute worst. And Jesus responded with what? The Word. So he comes out of that. It says he's full of the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, when he was full of the power of the Holy Spirit, what happened next? If you look at the, at the rest of verse 14, in the second half, it says, And the news of him went throughout all the surrounding region. Now, one of the things that comes out of this, uh, and, I, and I made a note about this, there's three things that, that really, if you look at the first three chapters of Mark, and then you look at this thing here. Number one, the people recognized he had authority. What he spoke had authority. Okay, uh, number two, people were astonished at his teaching. They knew he had authority, but he was teaching them things not like the scribes and the religious leaders of the time. Okay, now the the last thing was that his fame spread. People heard about it, and they couldn't keep him away. If you start following, crowds followed him. He healed people. He did the things that he was called to do. And one of the things that I wanted to bring up that I think is important is that while he was in the desert, I believe he heard a lot of the details about what he's supposed to do. Now, I don't believe God gave him the whole picture. He doesn't give anybody the whole. When he asks you to step out in faith, he tells you, go to Brazil. He doesn't tell you how you're going to get there. He told Abraham, what did he tell Abraham? Leave from the land to a place that I will show you. Okay? So, when he told Abraham that, Abraham, what did he do? He just got up and left. 
So a lot of times when the Lord tells us to do something, He just gives you the first step, and it's up to you to take that step. Well, I think that's what happened when Jesus was in the wilderness. Now, I teach at Alcohol and Rehab Center in our church called Fresh Wind. And one of the things that the guys really need to understand is that God's not mad at them, and He's called them to do something. And one of the things that that I wanted to find out is uh, at our church... We were trying to get more people in. We came up with some, some really spectacular ideas. Well, we could have a pumpkin fest. We could sell pumpkins. Uh, my favorite one was that we could have chocolate rabbits and buy them for $2 and sell them for $4, and then everybody will want a chocolate rabbit, and then they'll be glad to join our church. Well, uh, that, I, that didn't happen. Okay, uh, People might like chocolate rabbits, but that's not why they go to church. So I'm asking the Lord, what do we have to do to get people to come to our church? And through uh, it was, I, I went back to check my notes. It took a two-year period. Over that two-year period, it was like one day the Lord said, you need to teach people who they are, what they're called to do, and help them go do it. Very simple thing. Who are you in Christ? What are you called to do? And in the process of that, you have to learn how to hear Christ. You have to learn how to hear the Lord. And in the Gospel of John, he's very clear. My sheep hear my voice, and the voice of a stranger, they will not follow. So we have the capacity to hear the Lord. So during that desert experience was when he had a chance to hear what the Lord called him to do. Uh, The guys at Fresh Wind when they come into to the program, they're in a desert experience. could be alcohol, it could be drugs, it could be sex, it could be whatever else you might be addicted to. And part of their process in that program is to understand, one, they have to be born again. If you're not born again, these things don't apply to you. When you get born again, then the Holy Spirit has to come in because... When Jesus went into the desert, he'd been born again and and, and the Holy Spirit was there, but it said that he was filled with the Holy Spirit. It didn't say he had the power. The power had not, the power, certainly the Holy Spirit has power, but the scripture was very clear that he, power that enabled him to do what he was called to do came out of that after he went through the experience. Now, let's go on and look at a couple things that I, uh, in later on, I think this is one of the... I, I watched a, a movie not long ago called The Imitation Game. And if you haven't seen it, it's a great movie, but it's about uh, breaking the German Enigma Code. And there's a really dramatic scene in there that just kind of grabs you, you know. And, and you, you watch this movie and it stands out. Well, I think this section that we're going to read in Mark 4 or Luke 4 is one of the most dramatic scenes in the Bible. And uh, start at at chapter 4, verse 16. It says, So he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and he stood up to read. And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, 
to proclaim liberty to the captives, recovery of the sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Then, he closes the book, he gave it back to the attendant, and sat down in the chair that was reserved for the Messiah. Then it says this, And he began to say to them, This scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Now try to get a picture of that. You're at Rekindle the Flame. There's hundreds and hundreds of people there. And there's an empty chair up there. And this guy comes in and he goes to the Scriptures. And he said, I read this in Isaiah. And then he puts it down and he sits down and he says, I am the Messiah. That would get your attention. Okay? But where did he learn? Where, where did he pick up those details? I think it was when he was in the wilderness. Now, when he's in the wilderness, he heard this. The interesting thing is, where did he get this from? He got it from what book? Anybody know? Isaiah. Book of Isaiah. So he's in the Scriptures, and the Holy Spirit speaks to him and said, this is you. However he got that, he sat down. He knows this is him. Now, he tells everybody, and you know, they're just thrilled that he, that he said this. This is really cool stuff. Until he starts talking, and he starts saying the things that the Holy Spirit's telling him to say. Go down and look in, in verse 23. You will surely hear, to me proverb, surely hear this proverb, Physician, heal yourself. Then he tells about the widow in Zarephath. And he tells about Naaman the Syrian getting healed. Well, they don't like that at all. And I love this verse, 28. So all those in the synagogue, when they heard these things, were filled with wrath. Or as the old King James says, they were raw. It's one of my favorite King James words, raw. So, Jesus is doing what he's called to do. He said what the Lord told him to say, and everybody's mad at him. Now, they rose up and thrust him out of the city, and they led him to the brow of the hill on which the city was built, that they might throw him over the cliff. Then, passing through the midst of them, he went his way. Now, what I try to tell the guys at Fresh Wind, and what, I, what, and what since that time, at that church, we left the church, because I would told them, I said, well, I think what we need to do is find out help people find out who they are, what they're called to do, and go do it. They didn't like that, so my wife and I left, uh, and we found another church that believes that. So that's okay. I'm not knocking the church. I'm just saying, all of a sudden, we've got a different direction, and this is where the Lord told us to go, so we do. So when the guys from Fresh Wind come in, we want them to understand God's called them to do something. Maybe it's to be an accountant. Maybe it's a mechanic. Maybe they're a teacher. Maybe they're a cobbler. I don't know. what I don't know what God might call them to do. But they have a calling, and once they find out what it is that they're called to do, then we've got to help them go do it. Now, in this case, when you're looking at all the stuff that's going on in the world today, COVID-19, all these other things that are going on, Jesus, because He knew who He was and what He was called to do, was able to walk away from every kind of thing that Satan threw at him, he was able to walk away from it. 
That's what we're called to do. Once you understand what it is that you're, whatever the Lord might call you to do, um, I, I laugh at my friends here from coming from Arkansas that at some point they prayed and the Lord led them to come to Athens, Georgia to help Rick's ministry. Is that about what happened? Okay. So they're praying and they believe that. This reminds me of Mark chapter 4, the end of Mark. Jesus has just taught a long day about the parable of the sower. The sower sows the word and Satan comes. They get in the boat and he says, we're going to go to the other side. Okay, he didn't say we're going to go to the other side, but on the way over we're going to sink in a storm. Storm comes, what happens? The last thing in the world you would expect, I don't care what these guys are. These are professional fishermen. I don't care what they're thinking about. They're not thinking that he's going to do what he did. They're, they're professional fishermen. They know that lake. They've been in storms before, but they've never been in. I like what the Amplified said. It was a storm of hurricane proportions. So they're facing a bad storm. COVID-19, cancer, uh, bankruptcy, finance. I don't know what it is, but they're facing a storm. And Jesus gets up, peace be still, and they go to the other side of the lake. Now, there's a lot of other stories involved in that, but I think the point is, when you know what it is that you're called to do, and you move in that direction, you can get the same results Jesus did. What did he say in John? The same works that I do, you'll do. Now, in this story, though, in Mark chapter 1, there's really, if you go back to Mark 1 and you look, start looking at, at verse uh, 9, in these first 14 verses, 13 verses in, in, uh, in Mark, there's really three players in here. There's Jesus, there's John the Baptist, and the Holy Spirit. Now, as you move on from here, the Holy Spirit is, is certainly the key, he's, but he moves kind of in the background. He's just kind of, he's kind of there, and you see what he's doing, but he doesn't announce, you know, the Holy Spirit. He just kind of helps do what they're called to do. But the interesting thing, in Luke 4, verse 13 and 14, most, and I've read them in a lot of study Bibles, say that there's probably a year between Mark 4.13, or Luke 4.13 and Luke 4.14. And they most of the time, they say it's, it happens in the first chapter of John. The first couple chapters of John happen between Mark 4.13, or pardon me, Luke. I keep saying that. There's two different Bibles, two different books there. But between Luke 4.13 and Luke 4.14, there's about a year time in John 1. When you go over to John 1, I do want you to look at John 1.19, and you'll see John the Baptist and here's what he said. John chapter 1, verse 19. Now is the testimony of John that when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? He confessed and did not deny, but confessed, I am not the Christ. Well, they asked him, What then? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. He said, Are you the prophet? No, I am not, he answered. Then they said, well, who are you that we may give an answer to those who sent us? What do you say about yourself? And he said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness, making straight the way of the Lord. As the prophet Isaiah said, now 
those who were sent with him from the Pharisees, and they asked him, saying, Why do you baptize? He said, I baptize with water, but there stands one among you whom you do not know. It is he who is coming after me, is preferred before me, whose sandal strap I am not worthy to loose. Now, it's interesting that John the Baptist knew who he was, and he went to the Scriptures to get it, and as he spoke, he knew exactly what he was called to do. And two other things we know about John the Baptist. One, he was filled with the Holy Spirit from the womb. Okay? And number two, what did Jesus say about him? Greatest prophet of all. And the interesting thing about that is we have no record of him doing any miracles. When you're talking about great prophets, I want to throw Elijah or Elisha up there. They did some stuff. John the Baptist, we don't have any record he did anything like that. But what did he do? He just did what he was called to do. And I think that I think the purpose here, if we go back, um, there are several things. There's actually five things that you kind of summarize as you walk through this. Number one, You've got to be born again. So if you're talking to somebody, if you're in an alcohol a rehab, uh, a drug rehab type thing, and people are coming in, and they're coming in because why? They want to get rid of us of a of a an addiction, something that's clearly destroying their life. Okay, when they come in, they got to get born again. Once they get born again, they need to get baptized in the Holy Spirit. Okay. Once they're baptized in the Holy Spirit, then they move into the desert experience, the wilderness experience. Mark tells us that while Jesus was in the wilderness, He was there with the wild animals. Uh, one of my favorite scriptures is in Deuteronomy chapter 7, uh, verses 22 and 23. The Lord says, or Moses said, uh, the Lord's not going to give you the land all at one time lest the wild animals overrun you. And so God doesn't expect you, when He tells you what to do, He doesn't expect you to go do it all at one time. He'll give you, he'll give you uh, uh, an incredible prophetic word, and you'll think, man, i got to go do that. Rick, have you ever seen that? Yeah. Somebody gets a prophetic word, and they think, man, i got to go do that. Well, it might not happen for 30 years. I got a tremendous prophetic word in 1979. It was just amazing. And I actually got it transcribed. Back then, you young people don't know this, but if you were charismatic back then, you had to have a tape recorder with you everywhere you went because you were listening to the tapes and um, you recorded stuff. And we were at this big meeting in Ohio and um, an evangelist got up and, and we had friends that had tape recorder and they were there recording it. And um, this guy calls me out of the audience. There's like 5,000 people, and he calls me out of the audience and gives me this big prophecy. She's got it on tape. And we kept it and transcribed it, and I kept thinking, oh, man, this is great stuff. Well, here we are 40 years later, and now I'm beginning to see where it's starting to come to pass. So, anyway, the third thing, you go into the desert, and you work in the desert, you listen to the Holy Spirit, and you begin to understand what kind of things you have to deal with. In, in 2001, my honest prayer, and I, I prayed this as honestly as I could, Psalm 139, verses 23 and 24. O oh Lord, if there be any wicked way in me, 
show me and lead me in the way everlasting. Now, I prayed that never having a dream that there would actually be something wrong with me that he would want to, to clean up. But, uh, boy, he did. And within two weeks, uh, some really serious stuff came out. And, um, and it took me years, 12, 14 years to deal with what came out. And, um, but so I'll just tell you that the Lord will do that in the desert if you'll give Him the opportunity. Now, when you're in the desert, you have to operate in faith. You have to. Because that's when Jesus, that's when the Lord came down and said, I'm greatly pleased with you. That means you're operating in faith. You can't get around that. So, and you get faith by what? Spending time in the Word. Now, that doesn't mean you get a little devotional and you read a, a one-paragraph uh, thing and read one verse and, and pray and you've done your reading for the day. That's not what that means. What that means is you spend time in the Word, you make it a priority, and it becomes exactly what it is that it says, and, and the Lord will speak to you and show you what you're called to do. While you're in the wilderness and you find out what it is you're called to do, then you come out of the wilderness and you make a decision, that's what I'm going to do. And you pursue that. And just remember though, Mark chapter 4, the sower sows the Word. Satan has five things that he will use to try to stop you from doing what God told you to do. Affliction, persecution, the deceitfulness of riches, lust or pressure on your five physical senses, and cares, worries, and anxiety. Those are the five things that he'll use to try to destroy your accomplishing what God's asked you to do. You can see that in Mark or in Luke chapter 4. Jesus started out and they went to throw him off a cliff. What would that be an example of? Persecution. Yeah, and he'll come at you with affliction. He'll come at you with all these other things to try to destroy your opportunity to get together. Now, let's see here. Did I cover everything that I wanted to get covered? Yes. I did. Now, for more tape... No, anyway. Um, I hope that helps you understand that you have a purpose, you get born again, you get filled with the Holy Spirit, you'll be able to accomplish what God asks you to do. So let's go back again. Give, yes. me, the, give me the steps. First step, get born again. Born again. Second step, baptize with the Holy baptize Spirit. Baptize with the Holy Spirit. Third step is you operate in faith. Operate in faith. Fourth step, you go into the wilderness. Go into the wilderness. Find out what it is you're called to do. Yes. Go do it. Go do it. <laughs> Praise God. Thank you. And this is awesome. It's just unbelievably powerful. Well, just anointed. Where have you been all my life? <laughs> So, um, anybody have any questions? I do. Yes, sir. I do. Okay, so what if what if you're in a position, I'm asking because I meet people like this all the time, who they've done that, baptized in the Holy Spirit, they feel like they've been through the wilderness, but then they feel totally confused about what to do with their life. And they're just kind of sputtering, they're wasting their time. And you try to give them advice, and they just continue to sputter. Go back to the Word, John chapter 10. John says, there's a line of demarcation from there to here. 
On one side is John 10.10. The thief comes but for to steal, kill, and destroy. What's other aspects of him? He's the author of confusion. And if you, if you do this and you can't hear correctly, then you need to go back and practice on hearing with God. Find out from people that know how to hear the Lord. Because if they, if they do this and they're, they're actually committed to do it and they can't hear from the Lord, something's blocking that. The Lord said, my, my people will not hear the voice of a stranger. Amen. Anything else? All right. Can I pray before I go? Father, I thank You for Your Word. We thank You, Father, that You've given us clear steps that we can follow to hear what You've called us to do and that the voice of a stranger will not hear. I pray for everyone hearing this right now, Father, that they will hear Your voice clearly, they'll walk in the path You've called them, and they'll be successful in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right.